hello, everyone. I hope that you all had a, a wonderful and meaningful Christmas holiday. I also hope that you're staying safe and, and healthy and joyful. In just a few days, we get to say goodbye to 2020 and welcome in a new year. That right there is a reason to be joyful. Uh, 2021 has got to be better, right? I mean, it's, it, it's not really like the bar has been set very high. But uh, before we continue, uh, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great provision and, and for bringing us this far. Even in the midst of our struggles, we have felt your presence. Be with us, Lord, as we enter into a new year, a year that we hope will be better than the last. Draw us closer to yourself, strengthen us, and, and guide us as we seek to know you more. Amen. Well, there's, there's no doubt that, that 2019 is, is going to be one for the uh, record books. It was a, a perfect storm of, of outrageous events that any one of which would have, would have been more than enough on its own. You know, you, you take a medical crisis that, that affects the whole world, uh, add a little bit of civil unrest and rioting in the streets, and then you flavor it with an election that, that seemed to bring out the worst in everybody. And then you take that and you serve it all up right in the middle of the most intense fire season that our state has, has ever uh, been through. And that's just the, the big stuff. I mean, every single day, ordinary people were having to deal with extraordinary circumstances. A loss of a family member or a friend, uh, the loss of a job, the loss of a home, the loss of, of so many activities that, that we used to rely on to kind of keep us in balance. And although we, we seem to have made it through the most intense period of that, that toxic mixture, and the future is looking brighter, we aren't out of the woods yet. The phrase that, that comes to my mind anyway is cautious optimism. We look forward to, to better times, but, but we temper it with realistic expectations, with a, a realistic assessment of the world. If there is one thing that I can say about last year, it's this, never Never underestimate man's ability to make a bad situation worse. Just when you, when you think you've seen the, the human species go as low as it could go, surprise, <laughs> they will find a way to lower the bar. But despite its best efforts, 2020 was not a total disaster. There were and are some, some bright spots. For one, uh, Blossom Valley Bible Church is still here, and, and we're still serving the kingdom of God. You know, I am so grateful for, for all of you. I, I am grateful for the dedication and for the love that you continue to show for, for God's church and for her people. Many of you found yourself serving in new and, and novel ways that, that challenged your abilities and your preconceptions. Comfort zones have, have been expanded and new territory is becoming familiar. You have leaned harder into the Lord, and your, your willingness to trust Him has produced fruit, 
fruit that has blessed our church family and glorified our Lord. The Christian life is not going to be trouble-free. And, and all of that prosperity, gospel, word of faith nonsense, none of that is, is going to change the fact that the Christian life is going to be marked by struggles. Listen to what James, the brother of the Lord, wrote in James 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of, of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, notice the wording in verse 2. When we meet trials. Not if. When we meet trials. See, stuff happens. Now, granted, it is unusual for, for so much stuff to happen at the same time, like it did uh, this year, but, but it's going to happen. And, and when it does, we have to make a choice. A choice that is difficult and, and counterintuitive, and, and quite frankly, a choice that's impossible to pull off without proper preparation. Unless we are firmly rooted in the Word of God and trusting in His provision, there is not going to be any joy, believe me. However, if we recognize and, and accept that God is at work in, in all circumstances and that he's using those circumstances to draw us closer to him, then, and only then, are, are we able to submit to his authority and remain focused on the tasks that we've been given. As James put it, we remain steadfast even when the world seems to be spinning out of control and, and we feel that our faith is being tested, we stay on the path, a path that, that leads to the perfection and completeness that will be found when we are reunited with our Lord in glory. It's a natural response, though, when, when we are asked to uh, hang tight and, and be patient, to seek a little clarification. We want to know how long we have to hang on. Back when we uh, were able to do such things, that was always my first question when I approached the host at a restaurant to be seated. How long is the wait? Am I talking to the right people <laughs> when I say that my level of steadfastness was directly proportional to my level of hunger and to the quality of the restaurant? So what does James imply when he instructs us to remain steadfast? What is he using as, as his baseline calibration? Well, the answer is found, easily enough, by looking at the, the Greek word that he uses for steadfastness. That word is hupomone. And it's the very same word that he uses in chapter 5, referring to Job. Listen to this from James 5, verse 11. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And incidentally, this is also the very same word that Paul used in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 5, when he said, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Now, do we all get that? Uh, Job and Christ. 
Those two are, are the examples of steadfastness that, that is the standard for our own behavior. When any of us are, are tempted to say things like, I've been patient enough, or I have put, out, I've put up with this, this lockdown stuff for too long, or I'm, I'm not going to wait another minute to, to visit my new baby granddaughter, we have to check ourselves. We have to measure our, our thoughts and our actions against the examples that I, that I mentioned, and we have to adjust accordingly. We trust the Lord, and, and we acknowledge the reality that every single one of us is exactly where he wants us to be. This past year has been a test, a test of our faith, a test of our resolve, our endurance, and our patience, especially our patience. As we look forward to a new year, I, I believe that there are some attitudes and actions that, that will help my church family to remain steadfast and hopeful in 2021. As any good pastor should do, I, I've made a list, but, but I got a little fancy with it, and I came up with an acronym th that is based on a very familiar word, and that word is TEST, T-E-S-T. Okay, so are, are we all ready to be uh, test subjects? Well, we'll start with the first T. This T stands for timing. Not just any timing, mind you, but God's timing. Recognizing that, that everything happens according to God's schedule and for His purpose is the most powerful safeguard against worry that there is. I, I can't help but think uh, that the sale of anti-anxiety medication would experience a significant drop if more people actually believed that things will happen when God wants them to happen and, and that when they do happen, it will be for their benefit. Remember way back in May when we talked about God working all things for the good of his people? Well, that's still, that's still true. Uh, but there will be seasons. There will be times when, when his purposes are, are not that clear, and, and we may feel that he's not working for our good. And it is precisely during these times that we are called to trust him, when we are called to trust him the most. As the writer of Ecclesiastes wrote in Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8, just listen to this. For everything there is a season and a time for, for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now, did you all catch that uh, reference to social distancing at the end of verse 5? A time to embrace 
and a time to refrain from embracing? That's why they call it the living word, folks. <laughs> See, God's plans for us are, are constantly unfolding, and, and honestly, the, the times when we can accurately predict what he's going to do are, are few and far between. As Paul would say, our, our view of things, it, it's as if we're looking through a dirty window. We have an imperfect version of, of reality that, that might not be made clear until we are in heaven. We should all count ourselves fortunate to observe even a, a glimpse of God's plan. For example, uh, last March, when I was laid off from my job, I had no idea that that devastating loss w would turn out to be a good thing. As many of you know, I, I had the privilege of, of working at a guitar store, which, not to put too fine of, uh, a point on it, it was kind of a dream job. But to, to make a long story just a, a little bit shorter, God took away the job that, that I thought I wanted, and, and he gave me the job that he knew I needed. His timing is, is always perfect, and his choices will always be for the good of his children. As 2021 unfolds, we must all resist the temptation to become discouraged when, when things don't seem to be happening according to our schedules. Even though progress is being made, we know all too well that the situation can literally change overnight. We, we all want things to go back to normal, but it's going to be a process that is based on a, on a multitude of factors that are completely and utterly out of our control. Trusting in, in God's timing and, and not holding him to our schedule, that doesn't mean that, that we shouldn't look forward to things. Uh, on the contrary, I, I think that we should look forward to things, and, and that leads me to my, my second point and my, my second letter, the letter E. The letter E stands for expect. Even though it, it is unwise to expect God to do specific things according to a specific schedule, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't expect anything from him. See, on the contrary, God is good. And because he's good, we can expect many good things from him. The book of James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And I would like to share three things that we can and should always expect from God. His unfailing love, his daily mercies, and his continuous grace. The love of God never fails. In Jeremiah 31, the Lord said to his people, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. By saying that he has loved us with an everlasting love, God assured us that his love for us will never end. He has loved us from before we were born and will continue to love us until the day that we die. It's a love that has been made available to us through Jesus Christ, and it cannot be taken away. Romans 8.38 tells us that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
I love that, that catch-all clause that Paul included in that verse. The, the part that says, or anything else in all creation. We should all take comfort in, in knowing that, that God's love for us is not predicated upon whether or not we meet on Sunday or whether or not we get to sing worship songs together or whether or not we're in Sunday school class. Point number two, God's mercies are, are new every day. Our God is a, a very, very patient God. He knows that our, our weaknesses and our frailties and, and just life, life will, will distract us and, and that our, our spiritual walk is not going to always be perfect. Lamentations 3 tells us that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God has called us to himself and, and placed us on a, a path of sanctification through Jesus Christ. When, when we stumble, and we will stumble, he will, he will not only for, forgive us, he, he will pick us up and, and give us the strength to keep moving forward. And the last point is that, that God will continuously shower us with his grace. You know, last week we, we celebrated Christmas, the most amazing display of grace that the world has ever seen and that the world will, will ever see. Christ Jesus came, came into the world and, and brought the free, unmerited love and uh, favor of God to a, to a sinful and undeserving people. But that is, that is just one side of, of the grace coin. See, the other side is that his grace allows us to minister to others and to love one another through the power of his Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 1, we can read, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Because God has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in Christ, we can expect to receive all of those blessings if we are in Christ. We can expect God to, to provide for us, to meet all of our needs, and, and to lead us into an abundant life as we follow him. We can expect him to protect us, guide us, and sustain us. He is that good, people. Well, now we're going to move on to the letter S. Well, it shouldn't come as, as any surprise that, that I found a way to insert a, a reminder about reading our Bible into the message because, well, after all, yeah, we are Blossom Valley Bible Church. The letter S stands for stay in the Word. For most of us, the world is a noisy place. We have grown accustomed to a, a level of sonic activity that, that we really don't even notice until we're, we're away from it. We're out in the woods, maybe, or on the beach. But no matter how, how much we try and escape, there's always going to be noise that, that we bring with us. The, the self-generated noise that, that goes on in our heads, that constant yammering of thoughts and ideas that, that vie for our attention. 
the self-talk, the worrisome ideations, the fearful and anxious rumination that clutters the mind and, and makes it hard to focus. You guys get, get what I'm getting at here? Sometimes it's just hard to think. We should all want to hear from the Lord, but with all that chatter going on, how can we be sure that it's really him? In John 10, verse 27, our, our Lord had the following to say, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If we want, if we truly want to be able to recognize the voice of Jesus, to be able to pick his voice out from, from all of the noise in our heads, we have to know what he sounds like, right? The best, the best way to find out what Jesus sounds like is to read his book. Find a, a quiet place, as quiet as it, as it can be, find a quiet place and read his book. I call this part WWJS, or what would Jesus say? Knowing what the Bible has to say is, is foundational for the development of principles. And, and our principles are, are what ensures that, that our lives, that our lives rather, are, are being conformed to the likeness of Christ. When a thought comes into our mind, we have to make a decision on how to deal with it. Especially if we've been praying about something and we're waiting to hear from God. Making the distinction between our own errant thoughts and, and divine responses can be difficult, particularly when we've been praying about something that we really want. Our earthly minds will, will tell us things like, no, I, I think God would want this for me, or, well, God, he, he wouldn't mind if I did this. But, if we never stop and, and really listen for his voice, we can find ourselves in trouble. See, God has a, has a much bigger view of our life than we can possibly imagine. And his decisions are, are not based on our immediate gratification. His decisions are designed to keep us on the path toward an abundant life, even when that path might lead through a storm. Know his words. Know his words, people, and, and store them like, like treasure in your heart. If you're not using one right now, I strongly recommend a Bible reading plan. There are so many available, and, and they are really, really helpful for, for keeping us in the Word. There are uh, apps for your smartphone, uh, programs for the computer, and, and there are also good old-fashioned printed ones. It, if this is something that you're interested in, and, and I really hope that it is, and if you're having trouble getting one, just let me know, and, and I will make sure that you get one. It's an amazing great way to start the year. And now we come to our final letter, the second T. And this T stands for thankful. Now I know that we just had a, a whole message about being thankful back in November, but there are certain things that bear repeating, and this is one of them. It bears repeating because it's important. 
Gratitude is a soul-changing attitude. I'm going to say it again. Gratitude is a soul-changing attitude. Gratitude has the, the power to reframe our perspective, lighten our burdens, and, and open our hearts to the will of God. Because of the great gift that we have received in Christ, our lives should reflect an ever-present baseline level of gratitude. Our sins have been forgiven. We have a, a place in heaven, and the Spirit of God is living in us. I mean, that alone should, should be enough to make our very first thought of the day when we wake up to be one of thanks. We thank God for, for giving us another day, and we carry that gratitude out into the world. A world that, unfortunately, might not always inspire a, a fountain of gratitude. Now, we've talked about this uh, before, and I don't want to belabor the point, but 2020 has been rough. You know, we've, we've all been through disappointment and, and discontent, but, but the truth is, when it comes to what really matters, we have so much to be grateful for. Being alive and, and healthy and in Christ, that's a gift. And, and it's a reminder of how wonderful and, and generous our God is. We know that he is good. And, and because we know, we can hope. We can hope that conditions will continue to improve. And, and, we, can, and we can look forward to the day when we are able to be together again. I mean, just think for a moment how, how it must have been for the people who had, had been in exile all those years ago. They had been in exile, and then they returned home from Babylon only to discover that their temple had been utterly destroyed and that they would have to rebuild from scratch. We should be so grateful that our church will be here when we return. Because of, of your faithfulness and, and your obedience, with your, with your time and, and your money, we have a place to come back to. That's huge. According to a, an article that I, I found on ChristianPost.net, one in five churches are facing closure because of the lockdown. One in five. We should all thank God for his provision and, and mercy, for allowing Blossom Valley Bible Church to continue her ministry. I, I'm looking forward to, to 2021, and not just because I'm, I'm tired of hearing about 2020. I'm looking forward to a, a, a new year because I get to serve the Lord with you. I mean, last Sunday at our outdoor service, I, I spoke about the love that is so much in evidence here at Blossom Valley Bible Church. The love for God and the love for his people. And that love, I believe, is our greatest strength. What better foundation for ministry than the commands of our Lord Jesus? To love God and to love one another. We will continue to serve God and to serve his people. We will continue to study his word and to seek his will. We will continue to support his missionaries as they, they bring the good news of the gospel to people around the world. 
But most importantly, we will continue to hope in the everlasting goodness of our God, a God who has been faithfully providing for us and who has promised that he will always be with us, a God whose timing is perfect and whose word will never fail. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being such a good, good Father. We delight in your provision, and we pray that you would continue to grant us favor. Lord, give us opportunities to serve your church, your people, and your world. Keep our hearts and our minds open and sensitive to the direction of your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a very happy and safe new year. As always, I, I pray that the Lord continue to bless you and to keep you and to be gracious unto you. I pray that his face turns upon you to shine and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you all. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay joyful. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his passions, compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. There's something about a new day or a new year that just seems to offer us hope. The things that we want to forget, we can leave in the past, and the things that we want to look forward to always seem to offer promise. I'd say just about every one of us are more than happy to have the year 2020 in our rearview mirror. If you're looking for a new start, a fresh new start, this is a good place to come here at the Lord's table. Because like a new year, we can look back with a grateful heart to the things that Jesus has done for us, and we can look to the future when he will return. Thank you for having me in your homes this morning, and I look forward to taking this with you. Let's take the bread in communion this morning with each other that represents his body that was broken and put on a cross for us. And let's take the cup, which represents his shed blood, the blood that we needed to cover over our sins and have the ability to be forgiven. Praise God for that. Let's take this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to the conclusion of a year that's really been like no other. It's been very hard on most of us and we just come to a point where we, we've tried to take so many things on our own, on our own shoulders and work in, in our own strength, forgetting that we have an awesome God who has had it all along. 
you don't bring these things into our lives to make our lives difficult because you are a loving God, but you give us the opportunity to grow in our faith. So we come to you this morning, Lord, to open up a new year and all the new possibilities and the hope that you always give us. We thank you for these things, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. says it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. I come before you today And there's just one thing that I want to say and gave me 